Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License Flight Number 26 with service to Los Angeles, California, aka high school. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember that if your belly button is showing, please make sure to call your press your call button. And our in-flight dad will make sure to come by and tell you that you are in fact a streetwalker while simultaneously trying to destroy your confidence. Welcome to the TV Pilot's License. <laughs> My name is Jeff Kerbis, joined by, in the same screen, Black Singer Whoa. and Rich Inman. It's almost Whoa. like they live in the same town. Uh, how are you boys doing today? <laughs> Yeah, this is the first time Max and I have ever met, actually, so that's uh, super cool, very awkward. Uh, <laughs> well, I, you guys are doing great. You're already sharing. Uh, for those who are watching our uh, podcast, uh, as opposed to those who are listening, they're sharing a pair of headphones, uh, you know, like two high school sweethearts. And Yeah, just hanging out in the back of the bus. Yeah, yeah. I, made you, I made you a mixtape, Max. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on your iPod Classic, uh, trying to scroll through that wheel. Um, oh God! What what are you listening to in the back of the bus in in high school? Like you're you're 15, 16 years old. You're on your way to school. What what are you listening to? What's what's on your iPod color right now? All right. So on my iPod color is a hundred percent the Californication album by the Red Hot Chili wow. Peppers. Wow! And I am just I'm grooving to that. Um, it's also, bold of you to admit that in public. In in high school, big big stand up comedy guy. Like I just. If you got it, if I got a gift card, oh, I was are you buying... about to drop Dane Cook? No, I'm not. <laughs> um, I'm going to drop something even worse. Ray Romano's stand-up album was actually what? really, really well done. Uh, and then before he was canceled, Louis C.K. also had some banger stand-up albums that I did have on my iPod. A fifteen-year-old uh, listening to Ray Romano stand-up on his way to school explains more about you than anything I could have imagined. Yeah, were you were you born forty? What's going on here? I, you know, for those who were listening, I was raised in Boca Raton, Florida, so I've instantly been aged by twenty years. Uh, no matter what age I am, so I'm chilling out at like fifty-five right now. Um, but for those who are listening. This week, we are talking about the secret life of an American teenager. And for those who might be joining the podcast for the first time, Max, tell them a little bit about what we do here. Totally. So here at TV Pilots License, we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of television's most famous, or in some cases, infamous pilot episodes. We figure out how these shows came to be and were originally greenlit, if they're successful pilots and making us want to watch more, and if they could be made today. We've got a whole bank of episodes now wherever you get your podcasts, so go back and find us, listen to some shows you may already love, find a show you may never have seen before, and if it's your first time flying, then welcome aboard. Yeah, and uh, welcome to sh our, the <laughs> Shailene Woodley fan cast. Rich, what is your question of the week, speaking of Shailene Woodley? <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm more curious about one person's answer out of this question than, than the rest of us, um, because one person happened to grow up in the state of Florida. Uh, <laughs> I would love to know what your experiences are with sex education in high school, because, whoo, man, is this bad all across the board uh, in this show? And I've actually had people reach out to me saying, like, I got less of a sex education lesson in my own school than I got from this from the show watching the show growing up. Yeah, um so speaking from Florida's mm -hmm. perspective, um I think that there were really only like sort of two uh instances. There was 5th grade, right? 
uh, yeah. you get that uh, everyone is blossoming uh, into the greatest version of a flower that they can be uh, speech. <laughs> then in eighth grade, you get um, not even the talk of like, oh, this is what happens or this is how sex happens. It is. These are all the diseases that are associated with sex. This is, this is how sex happens. Someone this... buys the most expensive meal at Rockback Steakhouse, and then <laughs> someone buys that uh, the cowboy steak at, at Outback Steakhouse. That's when you know that's how sex happens. Um, but I will say, like, it's I've heard worse, and uh, for our friends who are from Indiana, I've heard that in certain places you only get like an hour talk in the middle of high school so god bless you as far as you're going so i feel like i was like not prepared the worst but also by no means prepared um what about you two (laughs) connecticut was i don't know normal um (laughs) we we got a a pretty good like sex education and i just remember probably being in i'm gonna say it was middle school uh if you like got questions right in sex ed like health class you got candy and oh boy I wanted that candy. That's not a euf- that's not a euphemism. I I was uh, very easily persuaded to like study if you gave me like rewards for it. Again, not a euphemism. Um, this also tracks with how with our social standing in both high school and college and how we all met. <laughs> uh, mine in particular as, in in Chicago public school uh, was surprisingly good. And, you know, bear in mind, we did have a couple high school pregnancies. It wasn't really that, like, wild, I would say. I, I, you know, I think someone got pregnant, like, near the tail end of their senior year, uh, if I remember correctly. But um, ours was actually non-gendered, so they did not split up the, the boys and girls for, for sex ed, which I thought was incredibly important, really, because um, that's how you end up finding out how men are 35 years old and don't know how tampons work and shit like that. So uh, I think they actually did a pretty decent job. It was also Chicago public school. So, you know, there is an era of like, fuck you, you're learning this and, and stop asking questions. That, that's the official motto of CPS. <laughs> fuck you, you learning. <laughs> a perfect Chicago accent. Gold bears. Um, right. Well, Rich, thanks for that uh, enlightening question of the week. Um, but. As we are here to talk about the secret life of an American teenager, let's talk a little bit about the synopsis. 15-year-old Amy ends up pregnant after one night at band camp, throwing her whole life upside down. It doesn't help that she's now going to school with that guy. Um, Nice and simple, but Max... Very, very, very short, very only one person focused. Yeah, very, and nothing like this pilot, Uh, although... (laughs) Uh, Max, I'd love to hear a little bit on how this was made. Totally. And I'm going to give it just a quick disclaimer of how we came to even pick this show in the first place. <laughs> yeah, um, please explain Max, yourself. Uh, you owe us an apology. <laughs> yeah, so so this is this is my bad this week. Um, I, I was told that I should watch this show and we should do this show for the podcast because uh, three of its leads are Shailene Woodley, Molly Ringwald, and Steve Sharippa of Sopranos fame. And that that's true, except only two of these people are in the pilot. And I thought that I was going to, like, shoehorn in Sopranos talk today Oops. and make that work and to talk about, you know, Steve Sharippa, Bobby from The Sopranos. Um, 
That, Our Sopranos episode better be fucking good. We have teased on, it so much. That's that's <laughs> that's on me. Um, so we're not going to talk about Sopranos. Uh, we're not going to talk about Steve Sharipa, Bobby Bacala. Um, instead, we're going to talk about a writer by the name of Brenda Hampton. Just keep uh, in mind, folks. Max could have said, let's do The Sopranos, and Rich and I would have been like, yeah, why not? Yeah, it's about time. Max wants to build up so much anticipation for the concept of us doing The Sopranos that he wants to basically, or like, sabotage us into doing a Sopranos We're We're going to do every every bad show that co-stars someone from The Sopranos before we finally get to The Sopranos. (laughs) It's going to be the hundredth episode spectacular. (laughs) Uh, We got a long way to go. So anyways, we're talking about a woman by the name of Brenda Hampton today. Uh, Hampton begins her career in uh, writing in a different type of way. She's actually a technical writer for the U.S. Navy. She does manuals and corporate newsletters for the Navy. And then she moves to Los Angeles in the late 1980s and gets her first TV writing gig in 1989 on the short-lived show Sister Kate. Uh, Sister Kate is uh, it's a new show from the entire team behind Mr. Belvedere, a show which I only know from one very specific joke on Twitter. <laughs> and what's that joke, man? <laughs> uh, go on Twitter and search Mr. Belvedere. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, Hampton goes on to write for shows like Baghdad Cafe, uh, a short-lived sitcom starring Whoopi Goldberg, as well as uh, shows like Lenny, Blossom, and Mad About You. After her time in the rooms on Blossom Mad About You, uh, she gets her first actual, like, creator credit. Uh, she co-creates the sitcom for CBS called Daddy's Home in 1994 with David Landsberg. Uh, great cast. Uh, Daddy's Home stars Dudley, or not Daddy's Home, that's, uh, that Mel Gibson, Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, uh, don't watch that. <laughs> um, uh, it stars Dudley Moore, Harvey Firestein, Alan Ruck, and it's the first lead role for a young Carrie Russell. Uh, unfortunately, this show is just critically panned, and it gets put on hiatus after only three episodes. As of this recording, uh, it's still on hiatus. If we get any <laughs> news about Daddy's Girls, we'll let you know in future updates, listeners. <laughs> Good for Brenda Hampton, though. She has slightly more success with her next show, uh, a little series for WB called Seventh Heaven that she creates. Uh, wow. So... Uh, Seventh Heaven runs for 11 seasons and 243 episodes, 240 more than Daddy's Girls. Wow. Uh, the show airs its... So far. The show, yeah, it's still on hiatus, who knows? <laughs> um, the show finale for Seventh Heaven airs on May 13th, 2007, uh, and then just over one year later, we get to the pilot of The Secret Life of the American Teenager, titled Falling in Love, which airs on September 3rd, 2008. It's also worth noting this pilot episode is directed by a gentleman by the name of Ron Underwood. Uh, Underwood is responsible for movies such as Tremors, City Slickers, Mighty Joe Young, and The Adventures of Pluto Nash. uh, Yes! And The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Is this back-to-back Tremors references in our our pod? Did we we cover one last week? Am I, I don't am I crazy? Think we did, but Damn. you know what? Let's What a great movie. I mean it's our it's Trevor's definitely our more. it's our first reference to City Slickers starring Billy Crystal, <laughs> that's for sure. Won't be the last. More, more Billy Crystal talk. Uh <laughs> well, Max, thanks for the rundown of the show, and let's just talk about this plot. And I'm gonna credit my uh wife Alex for this opening line. 
We open on a skirt over a pair of jeans being worn by Shailene Woodley and her mom happens to me be Molly Ringwald. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this is an ensemble show in the sense of the fashion ensembles we see. And this isn't like just a spoiler alert. This isn't the last time Shailene Woodley is wearing a skirt over a pair of pants. And I was instantly taken back to Look. 2008. 2008 was a weird time, man. There are so many short sleeves over long sleeves and, like, logs <laughs> over shorts. And <laughs> we, we didn't give a fuck at the end of that that second Bush term. <laughs> we, like, we really loved layering in, like, the early aughts. Like, the idea of having, like, a collared shirt over a collared shirt just seemed really right. And Gen Z's bringing it back. And does part of me feel back at home? Sure. But is part of me disgusted and thinking we made so much progress and now they're ruining it also sure at the same time (laughs) (laughs) well uh, we immediately get a very strange very late bush term uh reference immediately with uh molly ringwald uh, jumping into some uh to some north korea jokes some kim jong-il references i I thought you know one passed by and i was like oh that's a strange thing to put in the script maybe in the very first scene of a show and then oh th- drops in an ab- uh, drops in another one really uh really trying to drive home the whole uh here's where our political climate was at this point yeah do we think that everyone on this show was a republican because i sort of just left the episode as well as everyone who wrote it i was just like oh yeah no they like we'll talk I mean, about come it on. This, this show airs on abc family they show the 700 club almost every night at 11 o'clock like. <laughs> yeah well okay so i haven't watched seventh heaven have either of you guys i'm asking two jews that they watch the christian teen drama okay okay so tune in next week yeah. <laughs> yeah we're we're doing the christian trilogy this, this Molly Ringwald <laughs> casting, though, to me, is just such a, like, hey, you liked her as a teen in the 80s, you'll like her as an adult now. So yeah. this this scene was just wild because it just gave me the idea that there's no concept of nuance or nuanced in this show, right? Everything is going to be super on the nose and, like, yeah. oh, this is so clever, but it's not, like, Molly Ringwald's literally heating up pot roast for Shailene Woodley's character who is doing a pregnancy test, and when the microwave hits The zero, microwave countdown! Yeah, yeah. the microwave the countdown with the beeps, and then we're seeing Shailene Woodley literally this week go on 24. through, like, the, the different <laughs> moods. And then, oh, spoiler alert, positive pregnancy test. Ron Underwood does yeah. some just bonkers directing choices in this scene, though. I love the, I love the POV from the point of the microwave as Molly Ringwald's heating up pot roast. Obviously, the timer countdown to Shailene's pregnancy test. But even even the most egregious line that Molly Ringwald has in this entire scene is saying that I made pot roast your favorite. Listen, nobody's <laughs> fucking favorite is pot roast. You just you eat pot roast. It's no, 2008. We're in a recession. No 15 year old's favorite food is pot roast. Especially like maybe if this show took place in like the Midwest and I vaguely wave over the map like Ohio, but not <laughs> no one in Cal in LA. Sorry. I'm making an assumption is like, 
Give me that pot roast, baby. I'm ready Microwave for it. Microwave pot roast shit's gonna be dry. <laughs> Microwave pot roast. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, everything about the the values of this show, you can tell immediately from how little flavor and seasoning there are. And if she's microwaving to. that pot roast as long as it takes for a pregnancy test to show whether or not it's positive <laughs> or negative, that pot, ro- pot roast is basically beef jerky by the time that she is done <laughs> with it. <laughs> but after we get Nice and this, chewy. Yeah, after we get this um, on-the-nose microwave countdown, we get our opening credits sung by Molly Ringwald singing Cole Porter's Let's Fall in Love. Um, mm. I, After doing Night Court and that montage, I was left wanting something entirely different than this. Oh, what? You didn't want a heavy-handed title card where there's literally birds and bees on the screen? <laughs> and, wow. like, it, it was like that weird... Like, I want to call it almost, like, montage art um, that, like, we all were familiar with sort of in high school. Like, it reminded me almost of MySpace and stuff like that. But it was just like, okay, I guess this was an opening credit um, of some sort. But then we're at the first day of school, back from the summer. boy. Boy, are we, because we get fucking Avril Lavigne's girlfriend. I wrote it all caps, hey, hey, you, you, I don't like your girlfriend. And then immediately in all caps with like periods to like designate where I would clap between these words, dresses over jeans. (laughs) I just have OMG, Avril Lavigne, next line, more dresses over jeans. Yes, okay, glad we're on the same page here. Another heavy handed Ron Underwood directing moment though, when um, Grace, like the, the blonde, christian cheerleader first enters the hallway they cut to her on she's like so whatever (laughs) (laughs) it's it's such a it's such a nonsense part of like i don't remember when girlfriend came out but i feel like this is old for this show like this like that's an old reference already in 2008 so i Avril Lavigne is timeless to me. Like, all, right. all of her songs will live on forever in infamy. Like, I'll be in the old folks' home just rocking out to Skater Boy. But, like, even I agree, Rich. I was just like, hmm, we, we could have picked any other song. Now, this is not the worst song that they used for this show. Yeah, dude. No. I, I have one for later. Um, oh, no, I, I, the only other song? The only <laughs> yeah, other yes. song. Well, no, there is a great, like, hip fake hip-hop song during the christian like uh <laughs> dance scene that was oh, yeah. right but like there's so much that happens in this scene of just like where do you guys even want to start i don't even know where um there's i i have the first note i have is it's really gross and i'm going to use this phrase because i know i'm going to sound like a hypocrite like mm-hmm. they instantly were like oh let's meet amy's friends um and mm-hmm. Madison and Lauren and the way we're introduced to these two girls that are fairly conservative in their approaches we'll talk about how that shines later is they're like oh have you seen the hot new counselor Mr. Molina who like how old do we th- we meet Mr. Molina and I was just like oh like this is how we're like setting the tone of this show of like he, he's probably supposed to be mid to late 20s i would guess that I character assume, yeah i'd say like the oldest is he's maybe in his 30s look, at most the high schoolers all look like they're 35 so or like especially some of them like some of the some of the like the the football players look like they're 35 but uh also immediately setting the tone of uh when he walks in saying that none of the students will call him mr molina they're all gonna call him by his first name oh I'm yeah like, adrian's line where she's just like basically like oh yeah i'm gonna have sex with you but because i'm not gonna call you by your name 
Yeah. It's, it's just... Also, okay, so for anyone who's going to watch this at home, and I hope you all do, <laughs> this show should be 21 minutes long, and they stretch <laughs> it out to 45, I think. The, I think the, the real runtime yeah. is 45 minutes long. This first scene is very Disney Channel in the sense that it takes place in a dizzying spin in a 100-foot, like, uh, like length hallway. It, you, I... I there was like a moment five minutes into this pilot where I was like I don't think they've left this hallway and then they're like they're still not leaving this hallway yeah and I then... mean there's there's exposition and then there's this show trying to introduce you to the entire goddamn yearbook before we even get out of this first scene like there's so many people yeah you you get Grayson Jack who's like the the football I, I guess like the quarterback and his Christian cheerleader girlfriend playing that trope uh you get Adrian who's like like the, the firecracker, like the hot girl and mm-hmm. uh, her boyfriend, Ricky, who just grossly laments about his blue balls. Uh, <laughs> I believe the uh, the line that he uses, I'm hurting here the past two nights, which gross. Um, <laughs> you, you get Madison you, and Lauren, who are like Amy's like normie friends who just think the new counselor's hot. And then you get um, Ben, Harry and Alice, who are just like some other kids hanging by a locker. And of course, uh, you know, Ben and Harry are just so horny because they're 15 and they have to lose their virginities ASAP. So they do the uh, the timeless teen trope of sex bet. Yeah. I, I Also, like, this is probably... I won't bring this up again because this automatically made me feel weird. But they made the two Asian cast members seem like the most sexless and the most nerdy. Like, they seem, like, very wise, but very, like, well, we're not going to deal with that. We're, you know, we're young kids. And then, like, but, like kept them together were, the entire time. Those were time. two of the oldest people in the cast. Um, like, Alan Evangelista, who plays Henry, was 26 at Good the God. time. <laughs> and then, Good God. And then, um, I believe the Alice... Um, but he can play actress, 15. That's, that's the important like, part. No, the the one that's the funniest is Greg Finley, who plays Jack, um, who is now thirty eight years old. But if we do some easy math, he was twenty three years old when he was filming Ooh. the show. Like the only people who were appropriately aged, in all honesty, were Shailene Woodley was sixteen, fifteen or sixteen when she filmed this, and then the actor that played Ben uh, was about 18 years old so they there are some people in this cast that look like they're very much in high school so on the and topic then, of um amy and ben just really quick what's more egregious amy's dress over jeans or ben wearing two cardigans over each other hey it's chilly in that school <laughs> it's it's very cold in california in august slash september it's man very what traditionally the, what known. the hell part of california is this like it, it has to be or like it's too extremely conservative like orange county there's no way that California teenagers yeah, at this point yeah, in time like the, are getting the open, this shitty sex the education. The open air school courtyard is definitely like so extremely California. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no way at any point in the school year in Chicago that or in any part in any part of the Midwest that you would actually go outside during the school year. Do we also think it's intentional that the lead character's last name is Jurgens because that's what teenagers use a lot? <laughs> <laughs> we get, we get our first brand partner. Oh my god. <laughs> not the only brand partnership in the show we'll talk about that at the end um but during this whole thing um really to just drive the scene of like what's the important thing that we find 
is mm-hmm. Amy lets Madison and Lauren know that she not only had sex, uh, which they were like, there's no way you knew that you had sex, like that you had sex or are you sure? Um, to like, oh, I think I'm pregnant. Um, which then brings us to this secret bathroom meeting uh, that happens where I think it was Lauren who set like a land speed record going to Walgreens to go and pick up three <laughs> yeah. pregnancy tests. Also, shout out Camille Winbush. We loved you in the Bernie Mac show. Uh, I was trying to place her face the yes. entire time yeah. and then I just looked her up on IMDb. Uh, and I love you a lot, Camille. Friend of the pod. That that talk about a great show in comparison mm-hmm. to this one. <laughs> what, a, what a fall from grace. Um, oh no. But um any any thoughts about this like uh three best friends just hanging out in a handicap stall when maybe someone needed that who actually um you know needed nah. the space. Oh no. man. If you were wondering how do they get the privacy in this bathroom for their secret girls? Yeah, Max meeting, has an all caps note here. Um, you know, they, they could have just put some stuff, uh, behind the door to keep it closed. They could have just been inconspicuous. Uh, they could have even just put out of order on the door, put some caution tape, but nope. Madison puts a giant sign in all caps that says out of order, poop city, <laughs> which I was, I was really concerned that today's flight was going to be nonstop service. <laughs> poop city. <laughs> wait, 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 Jeff, can you re-record it? <laughs> I might no, have to. <laughs> we, we have to keep this moving, guys. We have to keep this moving. Um, we'll never get out of Poop City at this, this rate. I do have just Forget it, Jake. <laughs> it's Poop City. God damn it. Just, uh, just some notes that I had on that previous, uh, previous scene that I did want to just say is the piano background music in that scene was nuts. Like whoever they had <laughs> accompanying it was like, oh. it was wild. It was just such a great, like, if you want to be talking about on the nose, this piano player was just watching and like, I know exactly what I want to do. All of the underscoring in this, all of the, honestly, sorry, the acting in this, everything is after school special. Everything yep. is health class PSA. Uh, it is mind-boggling to me that in the run of this show, Shailene Woodley gets a Golden Globe nomination for a movie that won a Best Screenplay Oscar because it's it's not good in this. Yeah. And clearly there's talent in this cast, but like, oh my God, this like this script is doing nobody any favors to think that yeah. like while this show is on the air, she's going to have like um, The Descendants and uh uh, 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 uh dating aaron Rodgers. No, the, the, the movie with uh miles teller spectacular now yeah. like uh-huh. she's gonna have such great performances side by side with this it's like what the fuck happened <laughs> yeah i just I, I mean there's also like going specifically to the music it is very much like the person who did the captions for this was just like setting the copy paste uh, keys on fire with putting upbeat guitar music it is over and 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 over again and it i is... apologize i didn't mean to take the first exit out of poop city i want to get back to the plot <laughs> yeah but two other things that happened as far as the plot we find out who the father or whom we assume is the father of amy's baby and it is uh ricky blue balls and then also <laughs> there's one line Oh, we didn't get to the Sopranos. The, there is one line that I absolutely love, uh, which is Alice says to Ben when Ben's talking about Amy, she's like, Amy is a person, not a horse, which just was written down as like a, okay, 
I don't think I have ever mentioned someone as horse-like, but yeah, that's a that's a surprising choice to make from someone who has nearly two decades of TV writing experience at this point. Talking about having two decades of TV writing experience, I want to talk about the promise ring scene a little bit oh, more boy. and Grace's family's um, requirements. I will call them for yeah. whom she dates because I just have. In big capital letters, no Jews allowed, according to Grace and her family. Because we talk about, like, throughout this show, and there's a lot of problematic things that happen in this pilot. um, As far as sex education and how we talk about teen pregnancy and all sorts of things and available resources. But one that just stood out to me is the idea of, they don't say what the other things of being a Christian are. Um, they just nope. say, they, they're just like, it's only Christian and only now. And as three Jews, I'd like to tell you, there are other things. It does get better outside <laughs> of high school. <laughs> but yeah, what, I, the yeah, promise ring ahead. thing was extremely of the moment. That is very like, I, I, I have to imagine that was like, it became popularized because of the Jonas Brothers. And surprise, yeah, the now Brothers. they all fuck. And, and not all of them are married. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't understand. It was like, I, I don't know what this was re- a response to. I don't know, like at what point the Puritanism of Christianity was just like, well, let's have a visible symbol on all of our kids to make sure they don't have penetrative vaginal sex. Guess what else they're doing? Everything but. Well, and, and, you know, Jack basically, uh, pitches that here too he's like hold on hold on hold on yeah. like if we're not going to get married till after you complete undergrad and medical school like we we could do other stuff right like he, so, he just puts that out there this dude is wearing polos just pounded milk and, and <laughs> trying to pitch any loophole to get a little from grace possible i, I, I do have the phrase pounded milk is really upsetting <laughs> i do have a uh, thing in my notes that says I need Grace and the students at BYU to talk about what is and what isn't sex because oh, boy, God. are there some things that they could learn and Jack would be pretty pumped. Well, we, we talk, we talk about like, you know, heavy handedness in this scene. This might be the yeah, most are, heavy handed directing choice. I think so. So after oh, Grace gets up and leaves, uh, Adrian, the temptress played by, uh, Francia Risa, who in real life gave Selena Gomez her kidney. Uh, <laughs> she, she sits down at the table and literally takes the bite out of the apple, literally symbolizing the biblical temptation of like Eve taking the bite of the apple. Get it folks. Do you get it? You know what though? It was around this time that we got like a real high emphasis on the the food pyramid. So I'm gonna say this is just encouraging kids to eat this fruits is and vegetables. Adrian just doing a great job. Stop um, drinking so much this milk. Is, <laughs> this is the first PSA uh, in this show. Uh, yeah. But from here, also like way to way to like slut shame a 15 year old. You know, yeah. Like, this, that's, unfortunately, that's not gonna be the last time that no, happens in this not pilot. At all. Not at I can't, all. How many episodes of the show did, like, have We'll get to Legacy! We'll get (laughs) to Legacy! We are gonna get to it, but let's talk a little bit about Ben and uh, Mr. Molina a little bit. Ben goes because he knows Amy's in the band. He wants to win this sex bet, um, you know, 
that he time has, to go talk he, to an adult who's working for the school about this. Some of the things that were said in <laughs> this, there's one line that I just have written down. I'm 15. I'm a virgin, and if I ever want to have sex, have a sex life, I have to start somewhere. And that that is just said straight to your guidance. I think he's a guidance counselor. Yeah. And I just was like, this is this scene just seems uh it's it didn't need to be here, but also at the same time, it was just so gross. Like the entire time I was just like, I don't need any of this. Can we just also say Mr. Molina is like a horrendous guidance counselor. I I have he like multiple violations of trust multiple like uh instances of horrible advice like i don't know why everyone treats him like a therapist everyone on the show needs therapy and they also need to go see a friggin doctor it's already so difficult to get into the uc school system after high school and mr molina is <laughs> doing these kids no favors um issues i have with ben in this scene one i didn't get to play this part at 17 i'm so sorry uh, this this should have been me uh no one wanted to look at my tape. What What the fuck? Um, second thing, Ben just assuming that he can easily learn to read sheet music? Shut the fuck up. Put in the work. <laughs> Take a theory class. And also, <laughs> am I wrong in that he wants to, like, join the band to impress Amy to have sex with Amy so that he can use that to try and have sex with Grace? Like, yeah. isn't that what they imply in the so hallway, too? Yeah, it's a trickle-down economics, of yeah. a, a, a fantasy of the Christian Okay, right. just because their parents believe in trickle-down <laughs> economics doesn't mean these kids have to. No, Second they do, too. episode where we talk about trickle-down economics, this when, is now an economics podcast. Later on, when they all grow, go to Prager University, this is... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, during This is like a this, Pepperdine feeder program. God, like, it's just a, a wild thing. Like, and also... I can see why he's like American Pie started the joke of like, oh, what happens at band camp? That what is happens a, at band camp. Right? That is a nod to the American Pie movie, right? Like I, it's not I I'm, I'm not crazy. Know, because like okay. in this show, the only people who quote unquote fuck are the people in band. Because like Ricky's in band, Adrian's in band, Amy's in band. Everyone uh, wants a musician, baby. Ben really wants to join band, so he wants to get in on that action as well. Jack's on the football team, but he has sex with Adrian, who's in the band. Spoiler alert! I'm sorry for everyone if anyone's, who's listening. If everyone's following along right now, they have a they have like a Charlie uh, Charlie Day like string of like <laughs> who's trying to fuck, who has fucked, uh, different color strings for each person who has actually like had sex. But everyone in this sh entire show has the worst relationship with sex that I've ever seen, including Mr. Molina. And really, I, I mean, we'll get to him in a second, but there's one character who actually has a decent relationship with it, and he's in the show for, like, maybe 30 seconds. It's really upsetting. But, yeah, every... All the all the uh, people in the like all the parents, all the fucking students, everyone who works at this fucking school, they all have a horrible relationship to sex. And it makes me want to fucking tear the TV off the wall. Now, if you think their relationship with sex is bad, <laughs> wait till I tell you a little bit about their relationship with the concept of what happens as a result of sex and what your options are. Oh, afterwards. man. Yep. Because Amy finds out after taking three pregnancy tests that she is indeed pregnant. Um, actually, this is the fourth one, technically. But her yeah, the pot two roast friends... One. Yeah, we have, we have the pot roast pregnancy test. Uh, <laughs> but the... <laughs> what a great punk band name. <laughs> 
But after after she takes it, you know, I know 2008 does not seem that long ago, but it's 15 years ago. Wild enough to say that. But like the way this show approaches the concept of the options that you have once you are pregnant is just mind-blowing and i we made comments the network that this is on it's on abc family not you don't really have a series if the star of the show and it's about her being pregnant gets an abortion after she finds out she's pregnant yeah this network didn't get horny until they changed their name to freeform then like (laughs) (laughs) well then anything goes yeah then like all bets are off (laughs) but like it would i was really upset by the way that the um lauren's character just instantly when uh matt madison is like madison the way she talked and the way she talked in this scene of like scheming ways for amy to find out if she's actually pregnant like by going to the doctor i was like oh that's you know teenagers are idiots 15 year old fucking morons so like this sounds like a 15 year old but then lauren comes in as if she's been paid by the Koch family and is like, there's no such thing as abortion. Like, why would you even consider that as an option? You have to basically have this baby if you are pregnant. And it's just like, we'll talk about oh. how ABC family tried to handle this in a little bit. But this really just put me off on like, I almost just shut off this pilot after that scene. But you didn't. Let's keep going. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like like I said, Jeff. Everyone has a horrendous knowledge of sex, and the parents are extremely unhelpful. And for Molly Ringwald to have all the fame of getting like very wealthy off of these like teen sex romp comedies and stuff like that, all who have like horrendous consent problems, and you know that's not her fault. She did not write the movie. She was a young, she was a kid, she was a child actor. Like it's not her fault. But for for this to kind of perpetuate itself and be like this is the route of the people who learned about sex from John Hughes movies to now. It is like it's truly upsetting to see the the pipeline of misinformation on this. Yeah. So Amy decides to go to the doctor's office. And oh boy. we talked about <laughs> a- Avril Lavigne. Uh-huh. We get an even more on the nose song. <laughs> with oh, john Mayers and every bar mitzvah daughter daddy dance daughters <sighs> yeah. uh, hasn't hasn't this man done enough <laughs> <laughs> this is uh I've, I've dubbed this scene waiting room for squares oh my god this like this waiting room scene i guess it's it's necessary, right? Because we have to see that she goes to the doctor to find yeah. out that she's pregnant. But at Except the same... we don't see her actually go to the doctor. We just see her sit in a waiting room yeah. surrounded by the most two-year-olds that have ever <laughs> been in one place at one time. A woman literally just hands her a baby, just like, hey, hold this baby for me. Yeah, you know. Uh, the... but you, get, you get them tossed around. It's like holding someone's, uh, it's like, you know, holding someone's phone for a second while they reach for their keys. No, I don't have any doctor friends as of this point in my life, but this really just highlighted the need. You don't? Sorry, I don't. Wow, your Jewish parents are fuming. (laughs) But at this point, I'm sort of just thinking, wow, this really highlights the need for like somewhere in between an adult doctor and a pediatrician, because being a 15 year old in a room surrounded by two year olds, 
And when the moment that Shailene Woodley is looking at that tiny chair thinking, I'm going to sit in that tiny chair. Mm-hmm. I was just like, please sit in the tiny chair. I need something I, I love the, the symbolism or whatever of her being the last one in the room and looking back on the empty room before she enters the doctor's office. Yeah, you know, you got to remember where he came from. Uh, <laughs> the waiting room. <laughs> the waiting room. Uh, <laughs> but also, like, that is a weird time, right? Like, there is no set time where you stop going to a pediatrician. It just, like, kind of happens you start going to like an adult like general practice doctor Mm -hmm. and the fact that she just had to go to a pediatrician anyways is like i don't know it's pretty sad i mean the this is around the time as well that like reality tv started glorifying octomom and teen Mm -hmm. mom and stuff like that and and it really does have like a john k plus eight like it is really it it had really negative effects on people who like were comfortable having children when they were young because they're like oh you know they could do it and they got a tv show they got teen mom premieres about 14 months to the date after this pilot yeah the executive producer morgan j freeman (laughs) 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 i that i i have that, that let's, jay is doing some heavy let's lifting. not let's not go down that rabbit hole right <laughs> so um after this scene we go to commercial credit or commercials um uh, and then that's we, jeff secretly wishing we were going to credits yeah, yeah. for christ's sake <laughs> oh i wish a 20 minute show oh uh, okay but, also now this is from like from us watching now 26 pilots uh, which is better than 21 pilots, which is the band um, <laughs> who's also Christian, who's also Christian. Uh, uh, I have found that I can tell when a TV show is now going to be too long by ba- uh, by how long they secure the sa- the music rights for each like sound bit. There's no reason we should have listened to half of daughters and almost like 75% of girlfriend. Like there's no reason. Dude, it's in the director of Pluto Nash. Like, lay off. (laughs) So let's talk about... All right. We get two family dinners. Both are equally upsetting family dinners. But we're going to start off with the Jurgens family. Um, And... (laughs) Why did you judge their name? It's the the Jurgens. It's the Jurgens. It's the Jurgens? Jurgens. Hergens. But... Juggins, Juggins, Juggins. So there are four people in this scene. There's Amy, um, there's Amy and Ashley, who are both the daughters. Ashley is Amy's little sister. Um, and then we also get Anne, played by Molly Ringwald, and we get uh George, the dad, who's played by Mark Derwin. Um this Mm, oh just spit just just get it out where do i start i throw it down baby george george is the worst george is the worst let's just say george is the worst human being george is not a good dad let's just let let me get this off of my chest the idea that you are basically and very freely i understand you have two young teenage daughters the idea that you are shaming one of your daughters by saying boys only like nice girls your daughter got called into the principal's office because she was showing her belly button i don't even want to talk about the skirt she was wearing because that was a little bit more upsetting than seeing someone's belly button belly button pride no shame for belly buttons but like this entire thing of calling your daughter a street walker yeah and then big time like, fuck this dad and then like 
you're sexy, you're not sexy is something I, like, I know that was supposed to be a funny line, like, so that the parents watching this with their teenagers were like, oh, yeah, George is the fucking man. But fuck George. And Molly Ringwald does nothing. She does yeah. nothing. She's sitting there as if she has emotionally been beaten to a pulp at dealing with this man. Yeah. Um, rants over, but I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Oh my god. there There is nothing worse than this attitude as a dad. This whole, like, bringing a shotgun to meet your, da- your daughter's, like, mm-hmm. prom date and shit like that. It is, like, truly toxic behavior. Uh, don't have a parent, or don't have a child if you think you have to protect them at every single moment of their life and don't let the don't let them mature yeah, just into like adulthood. Everything that he says to his 13-year-old daughter talking oh. about like the rules of good taste, you're not sexy. He does that weird skeezy guy laugh after he says that neither of you are ready to have sex, which is really disturbing too, where yep. it's like it just him laughing at his own joke. Uh, the line, boys like nice girls, so why don't you start looking a little nicer and be a little nicer? Just really uh, it's just it's gross it, this dude is fucking gross it's evident that this is not the first time that he's had this type of behavior at the table it's not going to be the last it's it's a really upsetting character amongst a pilot that's full of fairly unlikable characters already to then get this guy's like the icing on the cake yeah this guy has it vote Car- uh, tucker carlson uh <laughs> energy like all day this is an average tucker, tucker carlson viewer it's- for sure it's just one of those things. There's very much a difference between being a protective parent and a parent who wants the best for your child and this sort of behavior. Like there was the mention of like, you might be married and then you might still not have sex sort of thing. And like him being super pumped about that concept. It's just like, you probably yeah, let, shouldn't be having. Listen, just because this dude does not have a healthy sex life. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those just wild things. And like, at the end of this dinner, where Amy's sort of sitting there being like, oh, well, I'm not, uh, I guess I'm not a nice girl because I'm pregnant. Like, And you can tell Shailene Woodley's really trying to uh, do that the entire time. Um, ben calls and asks her to this Christian after football game dance that they have at the church. Um, but then we go immediately to a different family dinner um, at Grace Bowman's house. Um, now, talking about a family that looks picture perfect, um, John Schneider of Dukes of Hazard fame, uh, (laughs) as well as, uh, where I know John Schneider more so from, you know, from Smallville, right? He's from Smallville. Yeah. Clark Kent's dad. And like, absolutely. He is daddy Kent for sure. And I will say it, John Schneider, I looked up how old he was, and he was 40, I think he was like 48 when he did this, and I looked at Alex, and I said, if I look this good at 48, I'm doing great in my life. But then he opened his mouth, and I said, I don't want to be anything like John Schneider at this point in time. The way that, like, this (laughs) is Them Duke boys were not at it again. The way that these families have conversations at dinner, where the entire focus of this dinner was like, oh... You know, it's all about being pure and like, we trust Jack, we really do, but you're making a promise to us. And like, um, I think Grace's brother's name is, was it Tom? Um, Yeah, Tom's the older brother. Yeah, Tom's the older brother. Uh, And Tom, like, all the credit to him was sort of like, he's the only character who's sitting there just being like, 
what the fuck do you mean that she's wearing a ring and making a promise to you? Like, of course you don't trust Jack if you're making her wear this bullshit. Yeah, no kidding. Also, like, okay, Grace seems to be the only character that has displayed even one Christian value that's not chastity. And I don't understand why there's no other Christian values that have even come up except for chastity. Like, I know it's important to the plot, but they had, like... They had 45 minutes to kill. There's it's literally ju- nothing else. It's just the pilot, man. We gotta spend all this time with Mr. Molina. We gotta... <laughs> I, I will say, like, watching this show after just watching the Super Bowl and all of those Jesus Saves Us ads, I was just like, those people would eat this show up. Absolutely. They're really pumped about just a, this. A, a, a quick thing on here. So we've mentioned, the Christ uh, like, the, the Christian stuff and, like, the, the after-party stuff that we're going to talk about soon. Is it weird that they had a giant banner for a church-sponsored post-game dance, like, hanging up in a public school that, like, I there was, was gonna... like, all this, like, church advertisement in the school? Is this for sure a public school? I was going to ask you guys about that. Like I, oh, has, I don't know. <laughs> I assume it is right because, like, I have. I was thinking about this. Like, yes, I went to a school that was predominantly. Um, there was a larger percentage of Jewish kids in that school than there are in most places in the world. Um, but we had a lot of different. You also went to George Soros High School. <laughs> um, but like. He played the, every instrument in marching band and was the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the while like watching this, I was just like the the show's inability or whomever wrote this, as you talked about her, Max, like the inability to show any form of diversity in background or after school activities other than you can be in the band, you can be on the football team or you can be Christian. Those are your choices. You get three of them, pick one of the three. Like, that was, it was just something that's... It's either Hail Marys or Hail Marys. (laughs) God damn it, Jesus. Uh, Oh, damn it. (laughs) We we have these two um, family dinners, and then we actually have an adult that allows for a productive conversation. Hello. In in Ernie Hudson. Who are you going to call? (laughs) Ernie Hudson's talking, talking with Ricky... And, like, I actually really thought this scene was great because Ricky is addicted to sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and very much Ernie Hudson, his therapist, who's played by Ernie Hudson. It's not just Ernie Hudson playing Ernie Hudson, which I would kill for. Uh, the, the character's name is Dr. Fields, but we could just keep calling him Ernie Hudson. For Ernie the Hudson of this is just basically calls out Ricky as, like, one very aggressive form of therapy but i'm here for it of like you're addicted to sex and it's because of the trauma of your dad and like gets ricky to admit that he does have issues that are causing him to want to have sex just like as much sex as he can possibly have um go for it ernie hudson gives the only grounded performance in this show ernie hudson is the only person who actually like read the script and spent time with it before he shot his scene now granted they didn't give him a costume um <laughs> the dude just wearing like a henley and jeans like with his feet up and his, it's his office it's his practice he can do whatever he wants i you know um but yeah it's, it's the only scene where there's like some nuance and some grounding it's the only scene where we learn something about a character's behavior that has real given circumstances that like 
are applicable to why they are the way they are. Yeah. And it says more about like, you know, what we're going to get from this as a whole, obviously knowing like Ricky's relationship with other main characters, but it's just mind boggling that it takes us this long to get into this pilot before anyone actually like provides any subtlety whatsoever in an acting performance. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I particularly like the amount of backstory that they give Ricky's character too, because like up until this point, Ricky's just kind of an asshole and he's very manipulative. He's not actually getting consent because it sounds like he's just wearing people down. Um, but you know, you do get an understanding of like what has triggered or like what has changed in his brain to make him, value sex as a social currency or like a thing to get out of a relationship at any point and you know it's unfortunately because he suffered from sexual assault from his dad but you know it was uh it really was like a the one of the few real actual like like you said grounded it's 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 really based in reality it's really based in logic and he's an actually understanding person uh like this is the amount of depth you should get from Mr. Molina's character too. And you just don't get it. And I don't know, Ernie Hudson, the only good part of this entire show, just what stop listening right now. Just watch ghostbusters. Just <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things that happen after this um, scene is that we are brought to Adrian's house uh, and we find out that Jack is calling and, um, you know, that apple, her biting into it, just a little bit too tempting to ignore. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I, I thought the microwave beeps were going to be the most heavy handed like transition in this show. I was wrong. It, it's when Jack calls Adrian and she's on the phone. You hear her go. Yeah, that's still sex. And there's a cymbal crash, like a rib shot on the joke. <laughs> and we hard cut to Ben practicing cymbals in his room. That. That is the most heavy-handed transition in the show. In in that a is show that is funny. full of them. That is legitimately funny. That's the only that's the only funny moment of the show as well. Yeah, and then from here, we get to game day. It's Friday, Woo. Um, and we see Jack leading the California huddle. forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jack leading the huddle and clear giving, eyes, full balls can't lose. <laughs> You know, I didn't think we could get more Christian faith-based as so far as a football show than Friday Night Lights. But Jack really gives us a run for our money by basically giving a sermon in the huddle and admitting to sin as much as possible and asking for forgiveness amongst his teammates, uh, to which his football coach says, say something about winning and make it snappy. And rather than seeing a football game, we go immediately to the after party yeah, at the church gym. Zero budget for football. Zero budget for maybe even a football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have they have not uh, had a documentary film crew tape a couple high school football games to use as B-roll. They have not done that. So we have all this money that was put into Avril Lavigne's uh, Avril <laughs> yeah, yeah. The people that got paid most for this show are Avril Lavigne and John Mayer. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I want to talk about that because I think we ran out of money after playing Avril Lavigne's uh, uh. girlfriend, John Mayer's daughters. And then in this church gym, 
<laughs> I don't know who this artist is. God bless them, but their music's playing in the background. And whoever did the closed captions did not care to say what the yeah, name of the man, song was. As someone who went to a lot of youth group dances in, you know, the fall of 2008, there's not nearly enough Lil Wayne's The Carter 3 playing at this dance. Yeah, there, there's almost no Akon. <laughs> so, I haven't heard one T-Pain song. <laughs> I So Ben and Amy are on this first date, and... This scene, there's a lot that happens, but one thing that keeps on sticking out to me is um, there was food at this uh, first date. At yeah. this, uh, which there's one of, so which many one beans. Of you, which <laughs> one of you wrote virgins eating beans in the show of, notes? Who do you think wrote that? <laughs> I wrote in mine, this virgin's eating beans. <laughs> but also, I have in mind that... And, like, the purpose of all this food was uh, to show that, like, Amy's starting to feel, like, a little bit of nausea and, like, discomfort from the pregnancy. But Grace I just want... said there would be food at the dance. She wasn't wrong. Yeah, yeah there's just I a wanna, lot of beans. I want to write a thesis on Ben's plate construction, because not only is there a hot dog with beans on it, he just has a a burger patty without any burger It's chili, right? It. Isn't it chili? I don't know. I, I don't know, but He's keto. He literally is just putting everything on a plate, and I'm like, is there a one-plate limit that, like, they were asked to only use one plate? Is he just trying to show that he has a big stomach? Like, there's just a... It was one of those yeah, things Yeah, when where, you like, try to impress your, your date on the first date by showing how much you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> They're in That's how we all met our partners, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's... Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, Henry VIII uh, over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, uh, okay. Go, so go for it. yeah, uh, this just proves my theory that white Christians don't know how to cook. Anyways, let's go back. <laughs> so, like during this entire scene, there's a lot that happens. But one of the other things that stood out as just like the moral grayness of this show is Madison and Lauren are like. You have to go out with Ben so that he can, um, you guys can have sex, and then basically you can cuck him uh, to make <laughs> him think that he is the father of this baby. Um, wow. Which is just like, from going from like abortion is wrong to like, oh they're yeah, trick someone, over here. To trick someone into thinking that they're the dad of your child is just insane yeah the only important reveal in this scene is lauren and madison realizing that uh ricky is the guy who amy had sex with and then he he comes in with an even worse plan than madison and lauren's which is hey i need you to go dance with grace's (laughs) brother so i could go dance with grace like thanks for having sex with me but now i need you to do me a favor so i can go have more sex yeah you know how teenagers were (laughs) like other things that happen in this scene ben and mr molina are way too buddy buddy why why Uh, is he there why is mr molina at this you need you need one chaperone you need one adult but mr molina has proved that he's barely an adult but we find out that adrian and jack have sex um tom find Tom screams to alert everyone um, because you can, you almost feel like Tom was like really looked up to Jack, this like all American looking dude who's 26 in high school and (laughs) is the quarterback of the high school team because he's just much larger than everyone else. Um, And while 
almost everyone at the church sees them. Amy and Ben are slow dancing uh, to some music that's playing that is very nondescript. Yeah, this is this is someone's like demo tape that was like they're the son of a Disney exec or something like that. Yeah, unfortunately, they blew the entire budget and couldn't end it with John Mayer slow dancing <laughs> in a burning room. But <laughs> so, yeah. well, a- anything else about this dance scene before well, we talk about the true ending of this pilot? Yeah, I, so uh, you know, Jack getting caught with Adrian it was like, oh my god, scandal. Uh, Every but was, single person runs out of the hallway. Like the entire yeah, dance runs out to the hallway. Truly, there's also clearly only twelve people going to the school. Like I don't think they even had money for extras because they gave so much money to Avril Lavigne. But <laughs> they gave so much Canadian currency. What what are what's Canadian dollars? Too, the balloons, toonies, and loonies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too many loonies. <laughs> Too many loonies. Uh, yeah. Let's let's get into maybe the weirdest ending to a pilot that we've seen so far. And so, we might ever see. So I was fully prepared for this, like, nice and gigantic air quotes ending of Ben and Amy amongst all of the chaos, just slow dancing, like two actual teenagers. Yeah, that's actually know. a nice final that, frame for your pilot. Doesn't that sound nice? But, like, not only did I get to watch Shailene Woodley give a PSA on how to talk about sex with your teens, teens, how to talk about your sex with your parents. But Max, you got the pleasure of having someone else you got talk a stage through performance. that Oh my God. I watched this pilot with my wife who somehow knew every single word to this PSA. And afterwards, <laughs> the look of pure shock on her face that she did not realize this was like buried so deep in her brain from 2008. She like was like, where, like, oh my God, where did that come from? How do I know this? But yeah, it was this like her Manchurian candidate into there. Moment. Yeah, like this like woke her from like her sleeper agent. Yeah, this is like how uh, when I listen to like classic rock stations and I know every word to every song it's like truly alarming how all of that has been retained uh that well good for good for mary kate for understand for remembering word for word for being off book for this really yeah yeah <laughs> yeah she like, gave a better reading than shailene woodley did well you know I, what <laughs> i fully understand that abc was probably like oh we sort of have to like pretend that we're giving resources after this show that sort of spits in the idea of like the face of, Oh, we're a very pure network yeah. show seventh heaven and like Kyle X Y and like shows like that. Never heard of that. Oh boy. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, rich. Uh, the guy has talk about a guy who can't be a street walker because he has no belly button because he's an alien. Um, <laughs> All right. Or whatever. As my wife just said in the background, he is not an alien. Um, so... Just merely someone who did not have an umbilical cord in the womb. Yeah. Spe- special um, guests this week, our wives. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it just seemed like I, I understand why it was a part of this pilot. At the same time, the idea that Hulu was like, we got to show the PSA at the end of this episode I think that... is also amazing. I think that might have been legal. I think that might have been for legal purposes because, like, you know, there's there's certain laws around, like, teaching sex ed in general. And if they're if they're kind of only talking about abstinence only sex education here, 
then I think they might have legally had to oh, do this. Oh, like they, they have to give you like resource information, like if you want to learn more, if you want to get another side to it. Yeah. Is that just a pilot thing or is that an every single episode thing? Do we know? I think that's an every single episode. Yeah, sort there's of thing. no way like, MK knows it's all sort of that like, without just from the pilot. It's either if it if that is on the oh i thought you were talking about like giving guidance i think that's like you have to sort of at the end of an episode of something but like sort of like when you hear the suicide prevention hotline after a character tries or commits suicide mm, yeah 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 um but that's or, where uh, anti smoking our... psa after yeah. mad men <laughs> that's where we end <laughs> our pilot is there anything we loved about this pilot? That Ernie Hudson. Like to talk Just about? Ernie Hudson. Yep. Watch Ghostbusters. What about <laughs> wait a minute moments? <laughs> God, I, I, there, there's another like just heavy handed directing choice that I skipped over because we spent so much time in that goddamn hallway. But it's like after we meet all the teens, there's like a zoom out shot on Amy and like the camera starts to turn. And it's kind of like to show that her worldview is like becoming skewed. Um, no, this is like zero for 10 across the board with acting performances it is mind-boggling it it just goes to show like how essential good writing is because like literally like two years later whatever when she's in the descendants <laughs> that movie is winning an oscar for screenplay she's getting a golden globe nomination she's like really good in it legitimately and she's so flat in this and it's not like she had that much time to like completely overhaul her acting style it's just it, it's a mind-boggling script the performances are trash why is that kid eating so many peens <laughs> now this is look, look at me hollywood look get, get closer look at me this is what happens when you have no jews in your writing room do you see what happens do you see what happens hollywood when you have no jews in your writing room what you, what about so, you jeff what was your what was your way to minute and, 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 and ben's ben's last name is is is, is Boykovich. like there's no there's a bunch of catholics right this kid boy Boykovich, and they don't know what to do with him yeah you can tell there's no jews because they put spelled it with a uh, w what a Boykovich. <laughs> what, what about um, you jeff so i max i was going to say like not only one of the ways because i have to make this nerdy one of the ways that i know shailene woodley is also because she very famously was fired uh, from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 for being Mary Jane Watson to Andrew Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. She tested so poorly. They were just like, Ooh. let's get rid of these scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so made me think like, oh, we are just so blessed to have Zendaya. This is also our second our, uh, our second pilot that features Shailene Woodley. Shout out to the OC. Yes, absolutely. And you could tell she did zero growth as far as an actress. Uh, I was going to say, she's taller. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but I, I spoke a little bit about the things that were wait a minute to me. This entire pilot needs to be thrown in the garbage and lit on fire. Good God. Um, but I do, gentlemen, we have an in-flight question. Great. Uh, our in-flight question came to us via uh, Instagram Make sure to be on the lookout. We ask for them almost every week. Uh, but this in-flight question was, who is the biggest daddy on this show? Um, now, now and- Rich, as our as our Gen Z host, could you please break down the definition of daddy for yeah. our listeners? Uh, here's some qualities of daddy. Uh, uh, being a uh, an authority figure a little bit. I think it's a, I think there's an aspect to that. 
Uh, I think someone who will choke you, but will understand not to put pressure on your windpipe. <laughs> Welcome to our new audience. Thank you, algorithm. <laughs> yeah, Spotify, listen up. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm saying I, I'm someone someone who will pick you up in their car, uh, will take you out for a great uh, a great dinner, good time. Uh, knows how to is a great conversationalist. But, uh, yeah, knows how to choke you without hurting your windpipe. I think that's the only definition. And, and in general, <laughs> and in general is usually a older gentleman. Uh, just slightly at it as well. Like, slightly. We're talking, yeah. let's just put a, at least in your 40s. Um, <laughs> so, I will say, I'll start us off. Um, before John Schneider's character opened his mouth, I was like, instantly like, oh, biggest daddy of the show. Yep. 100%. As soon as he started talking about purity rings, I was drier than the Sahara Desert. And then Ernie Hudson came on screen, and I was just like, Ernie, damn, you're looking good. Any guesses how old Ernie Hudson was in this pilot? Ooh, uh, I'm going to go 52. Max? Um, I, I would say that he's uh, 60. Wow, Jeff's game of the week. 62 years old oh wow was 62 damn he He looks so good and he looks fantastic and i was just like damn ernie also if you go on his imdb his imd photo uh, imdb photo he's got some fucking pythons that dude has been doing nothing in the gym since ghostbusters yeah (laughs) um so you know what ernie hudson you're you're my daddy of the pilot. Congratulations. Uh, that might become a new thing that we are doing in this podcast. Max, what about you? Uh, had he been in the pilot, it would have hands down been Steve Sharippa, who I <laughs> I looked I looked up, and his character, who's in almost every single episode from here on out, is uh, described as the wealthy owner of a sausage business, which has earned him the nickname of the Sausage King. Oh, my so, dude! Uh, obviously, Steve Sharippa would have been the biggest daddy had he been in this pilot. Um, also physically biggest daddy, <laughs> but, uh, we, we got to give it to, to Ernie Hudson. He's the only person who speaks with even a little bit of decorum and like poise and wisdom. Um, he's got like this, like casual lean, this feet up in the doctor's office. Like he's so easygoing, like you just, you know, this guy's going to like listen to you and he's going to treat you well. Um, all, most of the men in this show are absolute trash. So I got to give it to Ernie Hudson and rich. Yeah. So, um, what you want to do to not damage the person's windpipe is to, <laughs> you want to apply pressure around the sides of their neck instead oh, no. of see, because the, the natural inclination when you see it, when you're trying to choke someone is like, is you put your thumbs or you put some pressure on their windpipe. That's not how you're supposed to do it. That's how you end up injuring someone. It's Ernie Hudson. It's obviously and Ernie Hudson. At this moment, <laughs> I would just like to say we're recording this on my mom's birthday. Happy Great. birthday, mom. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mrs. Curtis. Oh my God. Uh, but rich thank you so much and yeah you're so welcome for our viewers and listeners thank you so much for that question of the week ernie hudson congratulations <laughs> another sterling award win that you yeah we could to- you know what we could just like we can just continue on biggest daddy uh uh question every week and it will just continuously be ernie hudson <laughs> well Let's talk a little bit about the legacy of the sure. show, shall we? Um, so this show had five seasons and 121 
episodes associated with it. Now, interesting thing about the pilot is the pilot was actually the highest rated debut on ABC Family to beating out three other shows before it turned into um, something else. Talking about Kyle XY, it beat out Kyle XY as Sick. the most uh, with 2.82 million viewers on a cable show, which really not that bad. I was going to say, uh, for like a family-oriented cable network, that's actually a pretty high draw. Yeah, I think the only thing I've ever watched ABC Family for is reruns of that 70s show. I, so, I, don't, I think that's what the entire network was based on. Another interesting, like two other viewership things. Um, the ratings peaked in season three with 3.74 million viewers per episode. Also pretty impressive, but also the finale of the first season beat out gossip girls, uh, as as far as more viewers, um, it like, which had less than Kyle XOXO viewership. Um, because everyone was like, I gotta watch the season finale of uh, secret life of an American teenager. Sure. Um, so the show also spawned a book entitled The Secret Diary of Ashley Jurgens. Um, so about the sister. Um, there are DVDs for the first, um, I believe, three seasons, but four and five. There are not DVDs available to purchase. So good luck finding those episodes if you're more of a hard media person. Uh, the show was nominated for 34 awards and won four of them. Two of them were Teen Choice Awards, and two of them were Gracie Allen Awards. Um, that's I'm it. laughing so hard at these Teen Choice Awards. Like, Choice Summer TV Star? Male. Choice TV <laughs> Actor? Drama. Choice TV Parental Unit. <laughs> I, that uh, the, the summer category of the TV show uh, aspect of it reminds me of the daytime... Uh, <laughs> The daytime, the daytime, daytime Tony, Tony joke, joke from, yeah. from Mulaney. <laughs> well, it's sort of like I think that for the summer episodes, it's them or American Ninja Warrior. That's the only two wow. things that are on during the middle of the summer. This I can't pilot, believe American Ninja Warrior didn't win. This pilot also <laughs> won the uh, the Bush's Baked Beans Award for Outstanding Portrayal <laughs> by Beans. <laughs> they, they got a they got a golden retriever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Rich. That is our legacy, but I know you usually bring a game of the week. Yeah. This week, I just see Rich's PSA of the week. So, Rich, up yeah. to you. Flowers. Uh, okay. Um, Abstinence-only sex education shouldn't exist. There is nothing practical about teaching kids that the only way to have sex safely while their bodies are telling them to fuck constantly. Jeff's running away during this while the only uh, thing that their body is telling them to do is fuck constantly and reproduce because it's the only thing that our bodies have told us to do at this particular age for the entire existence of humanity Uh, abstinence only sex education ignores a lot of uh, questions that kids will have about safety will have about um, actually like the actual experience of sex the repercussions of sex and I don't know. I this show is it seems to be made for people who have experienced abstinence only sex education. And what I am pleading for you all to do, and I've actually had a number of people reach out in my DM saying that they have learned a lot about sex education from this show. That's not where you're supposed to be fucking learning such a sex education from. Get practical sex education knowledge. 
tell your <laughs> write your congressperson to not allow abstinence only sex education even at christian schools it is extremely dangerous and then you do not want your children having bad information about something that could potentially result in the birth of a human being uh that is my psa i'm very angry about this show i really wish it didn't exist and, and I really wish the people who learn stuff from it got better education in fucking school. It's really upsetting. Anyways, back to you, Jeff. Thanks so much that's for the, that that's PSA, my least, Rich. That's my least fun game of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Most important. There will be no games though. for you today, Molly Ringwald. <laughs> um, well, with that being said, as our plane is starting to come to a land, two questions for you, gentlemen. Do you think this show could be made today? And what are you going to watch instead of watching more of this show? Yeah, a- absolutely not. Um, there's obviously going to be teen dramas that are constantly made. Freeform has successful runs with shows like Grownish and Good Trouble. HBO Max has had revivals of Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars. Um, Ginny and Georgia on Netflix is allegedly one of the most popular shows on all of television right now. Um, this could absolutely not, though. Those shows feel like they have any bit more teeth to it. I, I will not continue to keep watching this, um, even for my king, Steve Sharippa. <laughs> Rich, what about you? Unfortunately, I think this show probably could be made today, because Christians just do whatever the fuck they want all the time and ignore better, uh, better information and think that they just control the media anyways, when that's our job, famously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it'll probably, right. it can absolutely be made today. I'm, I'm really not looking forward to the next time Christians try to pull this bullshit again. Uh, so cut that shit out. You're, you're endangering the lives of children by making shows like this. Stop it. I could very easily see a few networks picking this up. Um, if someone was like, we're going to redo it, um, which is unfortunate. Um, I'll leave it at that. I'm Throw this in the trash can and burn it alive. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm shocked is, that this doesn't exist on Fox, like some Fox if, like streaming. If I was in this right show, now. I would ask for it to be taken off of my resume as an actor. <laughs> I will just say that much. Um, with that being said, as our plane is coming to a land, where can we find you gentlemen? Uh, you can find me getting really mad at Molly Wingwald and the entire fucking cast of this again. Uh, and you can also find me on Instagram at Dan That's Rich. You can find me in the gym eating beans and on all things social media at Maxwell Singh. You can also find original sketch comedy from myself and Rich Inman over on TikTok at Dad Wagon Comedy. You can find me writing my latest post about why Ernie Hudson is a daddy uh, on <laughs> Facebook, but you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Run Jeff Run. You can find TV Pilots License on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at TV Pilots License. If you have a question about the show or for our next episode, shoot us an email at TV excuse me at TV Pilots License at gmail.com or give us a call at 213-290-1713. Make sure to watch out for our Instagram for a sneak preview of some of our upcoming episodes. But with the plane landed and the seatbelt sign off, we look forward to flying the bright sky of the TV world with you again soon. And until then, have a nice day. Da-da-da-da-da-da. ABC family. <laughs> <laughs>